Hi everyone and welcome to the first episode of Skylight. My name is Skylar and before I really went into posting any content, I just wanted to take a moment, um, address a little bit about me and my mission at Skylight, which is this nonprofit that I started recently. Um, first, I just want to preface this by saying I filmed this podcast at least five times. Um, I'm still getting a hang of the technology and everything like that. So I hope you'll bear with me on the journey here and really just tr- I'm trying my best here um to kind of spread the information that i hope will reach others um but that being said a little bit about me i'm 15 and from a small town in connecticut um i've always been interested in politics i've always participated in debate and recently what i've started to notice about myself and about um you know what we're seeing here in america now in this polarized situation that's never really occurred before is that i notice a lot of discrepancies in gen z which is my generation and realizing that these people are going to be the next political leaders, the next presidents, governors, uh, first selectmen, all the way down, you know, I just felt that it was very important to address these issues and kind of talk about how we as a nation can kind of overcome stereotypes that are coming up in media, uh, especially kind of presenting themselves to young adults and teenagers and achieving a better political unity that will hopefully um, kind of foster more appreciation for either party and either side of the political spectrum. So that being said, I just want to talk a little bit about what Skylight is. And I feel like to do that, I really want to talk about um, how I got this idea. And that was actually through social media. So just to begin, I feel like I've been really fortunate, as I'm sure a lot of people are now in these, you know, more modern eras, um, to have grown up always, you know, expecting and knowing that at the end of elementary school graduation or middle school graduation, Um, people would get phones and from there people would get social media. So it was always an expectation and an understanding that you would grow up with social media and you had these connections in which you can reach out to other people and see new ideas, which I think is great. Um, However, also, I think that I've noticed a lot of dangers in that, um, you know, in the way it pertains to politics, just through the spread of misinformation and how information can make itself attractive to other people to the point where they may feel they understand an issue, although they are only seeing one side of it, or they're ignoring other sides because they're not liking what's being presented to them. So that being said, I want to start off with a personal experience about myself. And this actually happened, um, I would say about a year, yeah, it was probably a year ago, um, last June. And that was the tragic murder of George Floyd by Derek Chauvin. Um, And that was really when I first became aware of, I think, um, you know, of my stance on politics and how it was changing as well as the actual power of social media in kind of influencing people's opinions for the better or worse. And this actually began, um, first I should say, my family has always been a bit more right-leaning and I've always had friends that are very liberal. So I've kind of grown up in the best of both world situations where I feel I have exposure to both and I really, given that, um, was kind of able to form political opinions by myself along the way. Um, But really, I didn't become more liberal or seeing the liberal side of things as much until last year when George Floyd was murdered. And that was because of social media. Um, At one point on Instagram, which I I have, um, you know, I would go on Instagram and I would see at least 20 people in a row posting graphics and images and clips and videos, clips of videos and things like that um, of Black Lives Matter protests that were just completely shaking the country um, throughout that time was unprecedented uh, to, you know, to that magnitude of anything that at least I had ever seen in my lifetime. So given that, I was really moved, and I know a lot of people uh, you know, around me were as well, by the footage that was being shown to me 
the graphics, the images of children getting pepper sprayed and beat up on the streets and the police, you know, beating innocent protesters. And that was something that really struck, you know, really struck my heart. So there was actually a Black Lives Matter protest happening in the next town. And I remember I was begging my parents to go. Um, They wouldn't let me because of COVID dangers at the time. And they were worried about that. But I remember being, you know, very upset for like several days afterwards Mm -hmm. because I had felt like I wasn't doing enough on my part. And, you know, I, I could have been doing more. And I really wanted to be part of that just because of the movement that was happening around me. So I think that's one way how social media can kind of be perceived as positive because it shows that you can really care about an issue. But it also shows that someone like me who had very little knowledge of anything about the black community, I live in a a very, very white town. Um, You know, we have a very small minority population and it just never really occurred to me otherwise, um, you know, to be aware of this community just because of how I'd grown up. So given that me with very, very little knowledge and background in this area, Um, was able to become so powerfully motivated by what I was seeing online, I think really shows the full capacity and magnitude of a teenager who is online um, seeing what other people are posting. And given that, I think also that this can work negatively as well. And I've seen this with other issues. Um, I've seen this with misinformation being spread on both sides, Republican or liberal. Um, For example, one that particularly struck me as well um, happened recently, and it was the Israel-Palestine conflict. Um, I saw, again, I live in a very liberal town, so I saw a lot of people posting um, in favor of Palestine saying, you know, hashtag free Palestine and things like that. Um, Whereas, again, I was someone who didn't have as much knowledge of this. I looked into it more. Um, My grandmother actually has family in Israel, so we were talking as well. And I just found that I didn't agree with this issue at all. And I saw the Israeli government, you know, defending itself against terrorists and really just, even though... Um, obviously the Palestinian population itself is not to blame. I felt a lot of people disregarding Israel in the sense that because these pictures of horrible events and the tragic survivors being pulled out of bomb wreckage being shown, they were like in support of Palestine, whereas I felt they didn't know the entire story. So that was also one instance where I felt like, again, Instagram and social media being very powerful. I saw so many people deeply moved by this. But I recognized that maybe they didn't see the whole side. And that was just something that I personally very strongly disagreed with. And it made me almost upset and made me realize that, again, social media is incredibly powerful. So given this, I think that, you know, it's obviously very um, relevant that social media has a stronghold over our lives. And I feel like that's contributing to polarization because we see people being so powerfully moved in one direction, but they cling to the information that's attractive. And what I mean by attractive is what really sticks. And again, those images, those clips, those quotes, things that you know really evoke emotion and perhaps don't look as deeply at the solid facts. And one case that I saw with this, um, Makia Bryant, I believe was her name, um, the girl who was shot by the police and she was going in to stab another girl. Um, but you know, people that typically aligned with the Black Lives Matter movement were saying that there could have been a better way to solve the situation rather than shooting her. And they claimed it was because she was black. So that was another um, you know, thing that I saw there could have been more information given. And I thought I felt that that was a less attractive piece of information. So people don't necessarily resonate with that. And because of that, they're not getting the full side to the story. So to kind of wrap up my rant, what I'm essentially trying to say is here at Skylight, my goal is kind of to show both sides of the of the narrative, really, 
um, while also showing, um, you know, a solution to how people can realize both and then pick an opinion while realizing their opinion has, you know, less attractive facts to it. And what, what I mean by that is realizing the whole story. Um, because I, I do feel that ignorance, misinformation, and picking out attractive pieces of information are really flaws of this generation, specifically because of social media. And I feel I've only been using examples that pertain to Democrats and the left, but this is also true of Republicans and the right. You know, um, there's now cancel culture, and I feel that that's being used to kind of scapegoat from real issues in public policy. And I do see people online also talking about cancel culture. And I, again, feel like this is something that people could be better informed about. Um, you know, in no way do I think of myself as better than others. Um, obviously, I'm someone that's still learning. And I feel like, you know, my story about how I felt last year and how that's kind of changed moving along to recognize the power of social media shows how my opinions can change as well and how, you know, we're all learning a little bit more about politics, about the story, um, and, you know, forming opinions off of that. So in no way do I mean to bring any side down. I'm going to try to remain unbiased throughout my entire series, but um, really kind of point out flaws in both and then try to show how we can reach this unity by realizing these flaws, picking a side, and then realizing, you know, what is understandable about the other side. And I feel that that's how Gen Z can become more unified politically. Um, so just to wrap up the episode, um, thank you everyone for following along and being patient. Um, I really hope this will take off and, you know, try to help some people. Um, and I'm sure I'll get feedback from other people and I would love to, you know, talk about that and potentially look at other views. I'm always open to, you know, hearing other sides. Um, so thank you so much. And episode two will be coming soon. I can't wait for what this series holds.